Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Spencer, who's welcome to the OFNT podcast, episode one eighty three, which I'm calling Carbon Neutral Apples. Yes, I sat through the whole event, and I'll cover what was announced that I found interesting. For more thorough coverage of the iPhone event, I suggest Apple Insider or 9to5Mac. Now, what do you say we get this thing going? Corrections. Last episode, I stated that Apple had never purchased a large corporation in reference to the conjecture that the company might purchase Disney. Well, it was pointed out to me that Apple has purchased a large company before, which would be Beats by Dre. Yes, that is correct, but in my defense, Beats wasn't and still isn't a major corporation. Also, the podcast studio I was referencing last week in regards to Spotify dropping big bucks per episode was Parcast, not Paracast, as I stated. Well, if it isn't already taken, Paracast would be a great name for a podcast or podcast network, which deals with the subject of paranormal events. Tech News it's that time of year once again for the annual Apple iPhone event, along with my boring take on it. The event opened with a montage of how the Apple Watch saved the lives of people featuring short accounts from those affected. While sort of uplifting, cynical me wondered if it was all just an attempt to drum up sales for this year's boring update to the watch in light of the leaks which point to a major update coming next year. From there, we were taken to the front of Apple's headquarters where old bow-legged Tim Cook... China 
gave me hope of announcing the updates of Macs to the M3 chip. Well, no dice, as he just bragged about Apple's completing the transition to Apple Silicon for all the company's devices and how great the new 15-inch Mac Air is doing. After that, Mr. Cook informed us we should be very, very excited about the Vision Pro coming next year. He then turned things over to fellow bow-legged Jeff Williams, who tried his darndest to gen up excitement for the Apple Watch 9, though it has the same exact design as the last few iterations. We were told about the wonderful new S9 chip that will power the new model. Siri is now processed on the watch, which is great if you are one of the very few who actually use Siri. The ripoff of Aura's Smart Ring sleep tracking capability is now complete, and you can ping your iPhone from your watch, something you can do easily with all older models of the Apple Watch, but with a different method. The display of the Apple Watch 9 now has twice the brightness, which I guess is fine, but my current Series 7 is bright enough for my needs at least. A so-called new pinch gesture was introduced, enabling you to answer and end calls and stuff, but that capability was already introduced way back on the Series 4 watch within the accessibility menu. I'm thinking they knew there would be nothing really to get excited about with the Apple Watch Series 9, and threw this in at the last minute. Old bow-legged Jeff then reaffirms Apple's commitment to the environment and segues into what has to be the cringiest virtue signaling skit outside of Hollywood that I've ever seen. It was so bad that my lovely wife punched out and told me to let her know when the phones were being announced. An actor named Octavia Spencer, who stars in Apple TV's own Truth Be Told television series, which I enjoy, by the way, plays Mother Nature attending a meeting with Apple Brass in a conference room and listens to how Apple will achieve the holy grail of carbon neutrality by the year 2030. No mention of the factories in China that churn out Apple products while being powered by coal-fired plants, which most likely erases any environmental gains made by Apple. We are then handed over to some woman who goes into detail about how Apple will save the Earth. I must admit, at this point, I too was ready to give up and just quit watching. We get it. This green future is being hurried along without the proper infrastructure, which will allow the government to tax us peasants into oblivion in order to attain it. I can watch World Economic Forum videos and get the same message, but that's not why I'm watching this particular event. After this bloviation, Jeff tells us that the Apple Watch bands will no longer be available in leather and have been replaced with something called fine woven. More on this later. Oh, the new Nike watch bands look horrible with the recycled material embedded in them. The new Apple Watch Ultra was then introduced and the biggest takeaway from its announcement is the disappointment that it will not be available in the rumored dark colored titanium. Well, enough of that. Finally, after another carbon-neutral lecture from Mr. Cook, we got to the iPhone introduction. Of course, the iPhone 15 Poor Persons Edition was up first. The Dynamic Island feature from last year's Pro model has trickled down, along with a brighter OLED display. It will come in a 6.1 and 6.7-inch screen version, with the larger again dubbed the Plus. A slight redesign sees the corners more rounded and the back glass is better-looking and... More durable, well, that's according to Apple anyway. Because of this redesign, if you happen to crack that back panel, it will be easier and hopefully cheaper to replace. The main camera has been upgraded to 48 megapixels with added telephoto features. Yet another bow-legged man named Dennis explained the upgraded connectivity the iPhone 15 has, including the new people finder that I'm sure has stalkers worldwide rejoicing, and the very useful noise cancellation while on calls. The satellite emergency call capability introduced with last year's Pro models has also trickled down to the poor person's iPhone, 
which now also includes satellite-enabled roadside assistance. You know, the bow-leggedness of most of the male presenters was pointed out to me by my wife and was even mentioned by the podfather, Adam Curry, during last Thursday's episode of the No Agenda podcast, so it is a thing, albeit a strange thing. The iPhone 15 will set you back $799 for the 6.1-inch model, and $899 for the 6.7-screened Plus model, with both space models coming with 128 gigs of RAM. The same price as last year's models, which is a good thing. As expected, the Pro models were introduced next, with the Pro Max being the model my wife and I, well, mostly my wife, were interested in. This year, titanium is being used for the frame instead of the stainless steel used in previous high-end models. The Pros come in the same screen sizes as the regular iPhone models, 6.1 and 6.7-inch displays, but are capable of higher brightness levels and feature variable refresh rates up to 120 Hz, while the regular models are still stuck at the 60 Hz refresh rate. Another feature that will come in handy is the always-on display that will turn your iPhone into a nightstand clock and information hub like in Amazon Echo, for example. Of course, the camera set has been upgraded to include a 5x optical zoom and improved nighttime photo-taking ability with the help of the LiDAR module, which the standard model lacks. While the regular iPhone 15 inherits last year's A16 processor, the pros get the new A17 Pro chip, which for most users is overkill. Heck, even the cameras on the Pro are overkill for normal users. The 15 Pro starts at $999 with 128 gigs of memory. While the Pro Max will cost you $1,199, but starts with 256 gigs of storage. Both models will come with 8 gigs of RAM. We're getting $370 for the trade-in of our iPhone 13s, which will help offset the price a little bit. Just a little. If I was in charge of the buying choices around the old fart household, which I'm not, I would go with the regular iPhone 15 models over the Pro models based on my particular usage case. However, the one who must be obeyed has her heart set on the Pro Max, so if she's happy, I'm happy. We pre-ordered two Pro Maxes, a white model for her and my usual black finished model. My phone has an estimated delivery date of late October, while hers has a delivery date of late November. Uh-oh. Yeah, she's not too happy about that. Like the Apple Watch bands, there are no leather accessories available for the iPhone and the phone cases are being replaced with ones made from this fine woven material, which YouTube videos show as vastly inferior to leather but cost the same price. This must make third-party manufacturers very happy. We'll be purchasing leather cases from Nomad for our phones, which cost $10 less than Apple's offerings. You know, this was the worst iPhone announcement I've ever watched, and it was made almost unbearable by the carbon-neutral mantra being hammered into every nook and cranny of this year's presentation. Like I said, the regular iPhone 15 is the one to get this year, though due to circumstances I've told you about, I'm going with the Pro Max. I was able to extract a concession, though. Instead of upgrading our phones every two years, we'll be waiting three years this time around. I kept my old iPhone X Max for three years before upgrading to my current regular iPhone 13, and I had no problems doing so. So did you watch the iPhone event? What did you think of it? 
In the last bit of Apple news I'll be bringing you this week, Tech Radar posits that the new iPad Air 6 can be announced real soon now. Sometime in October is what they're estimating, which would make sense because of the approaching holiday season, and it has been a year and a half since the old Air has been updated. The article also says that the iPad Air might be equipped with an M2 chipset, which would put it up there with the iPad Pros. In my opinion, this won't happen. We're more likely to see an A16 chip powering this new Air, if Apple's track record is any indication. Before I bought my 2022 11-inch iPad Pro, I had an iPad Air 4, which was the first model updated to the modern design. It was just fine, but I wanted the Pro to increase longevity as far as operating system updates go. I'll be holding on to this iPad Pro until it goes on Apple's vintage list. Tomsguy.com has an article detailing what is known about the upcoming Samsung Galaxy Ring, and it's not much. The article predicts Samsung's take on the Smart Ring will be released after being announced at Unpacked 24, which Samsung usually holds in January alongside the Galaxy S24 and S24 Ultra smartphones. Other rumors point towards a March or April release date. Other than the estimated release dates, there's not much known about the Galaxy Ring, but it's thought to be a direct competitor to the Aura Ring, which means it will have the same type of features like sleep monitoring, heart rate reading, you know, etc. If Samsung can bring all the features of the Aura Ring without the subscription requirement and at a lower price, I predict they'll dominate the Smart Ring market. Well, we'll just have to wait and see if Apple launches a challenger in the future. But, you know, I don't think they will. Everyone's favorite social media platform, no. TikTok, has been hit with a 368 million euro fine by the European Union for failing to guard children's privacy. This is being reported by Deadline.com. It seems that when a kid signs up for TikTok, their account is public by default, which breaks one of the many EU regulations regarding social media. TikTok claims they had changed this process before the investigation even started, and that all accounts established by those under 15 years old automatically default to private. Like most EU fines on tech firms, this seems like a regulation designed solely for the purpose of collecting income. Most kids will change their newly created accounts to public anyway, and probably instantly. I've said in the past that the EU likes to use tech firms, especially those headquartered in the U.S., as sort of an automated bank teller machine. This is the first time that I can recall that a non-U.S. tech firm has been fined such a large amount. Well, welcome to the club, ByteDance. I guess this means your TikTok platform has officially arrived. <laughs> tech I'm using. Well, nothing new here as usual until the iPhone 15 Pro Max has arrived, but I did make a trip to the Apple Store to take a gander at both the 24-inch iMac and the 15-inch MacBook Air I've been lusting after. Actually, I've been lusting after both of those models. My lovely wife thinks the 24-inch iMac screen is too small and suggested I instead get a Mac Mini and buy a separate, bigger screen. Well, I'm not too sure I want to go down that road, though, as it would put me on the component upgrade merry-go-round, but I'm considering it. If I were to purchase a Mac Mini, I'd first use the keyboard and mouse for my current iMac. I'd then buy a reasonably priced 32-inch monitor for it and go from there. Eventually, I'd upgrade the keyboard and eventually get a 4K monitor. You can see where all this is going. I was underwhelmed by the 15-inch MacBook Air, as the screen isn't that much larger than my 13-inch 2019 MacBook Air and Pro. 
I just might settle for an M2-powered 13-inch air instead and save some money. There's no hurry, as my two current laptops are good enough for now, and, and they're getting the latest Mac OS version anyway. Well, my son finally got his new PC gaming rig, and it looks really impressive with its liquid-cooled GPU, which is lit up with different colored lights. He wants to upgrade to a 4K monitor, but refuses to pay the price. We'll have to see how long he can hold out. I hope he has a stronger resistance to temptation than his old man does. Entertainment news. Is there a crack in the Hollywood's writer strike? Bill Mayer and Drew Barrymore have decided to restart their minor talk show, Sans Writers, and quickly earn the ire of the Writers Guild and many other Hollyweird activists. Social media exploded with accounts calling the duo all sorts of derogatory names and promised that their actions, quote, will not be forgotten, unquote. I don't know why, because it seems to me that Barrymore and Mayer have already forgotten about you and your union. And speaking of talk shows, I did manage to give a listen to the latest episode of the Strike Force 5 podcast, which was started by four late night talk shows and one wannabe, which I told you about last episode. To be fair, the podcast was a lot better than I thought it would be, meaning I've heard worse, so the bar is set pretty low. But it's obvious this, this crew really do depend on their respective writers to add some sparkle to their somewhat dull personalities. Strike Force 5 reminds me of the hundreds if not thousands of buddy talk podcasts that are out there, but at a little higher level than most, but not all of them. I've included this next story in the entertainment section because, as I've stated before, I consider legacy news media as such. Unsurprising, BBC's millennial misinformation czar under fire for reportedly lying on her resume reads the headline from Breitbart. One Mariana Spring, supposed legacy media darling, I guess over in the UK at least, who was appointed head of publicly funded BBC's Verified Disinformation Division, allegedly made up details on her resume when applying for the position of Russian correspondent for an American-based news site, Coda Story, which I've personally never heard of previously. According to Coda Story, Ms. Spring claimed that she had worked alongside BBC foreign correspondent Sarah Rainsford during the broadcaster's coverage of the World Cup in Russia. Coda Story did their due diligence and found that the applicant had not worked with Ms. Rainford and had only met her on a few occasions socially. Upon confronting Ms. Spring with this information, Spring sent Coda Story an apology email to the editor for her, quote, awful judgment, while maintaining that she was a, quote, brilliant reporter. In response, Coda Story replied, quote, telling me you're a brilliant reporter who exercises integrity and honesty when you have literally demonstrated the opposite was a terrible idea. I'm sure if you use this as a lesson, things will work out, unquote. This isn't the first instance of Ms. Spring being caught out in a lie. Previously, she's been accused of spreading fake news about former UK candidate and host of the Lotus Eaters podcast, Carl Benjamin, which included false claims that Mr. Benjamin's YouTube channel had been suspended from the platform, which it was not. No comment from Ms. Spring or the BBC was issued. So who's fact-checking the fact-checkers, I ask? It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. It didn't happen. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast news. Now, it's been mostly quiet on a podcast incorporated front lately, and you know what they say, no news is good news. Lately, I've been watching podcasts on the Rumble platform, which again reminded me that I wished I had invested in the Shure Microphone Company back in what is finally recalled as the day. And that's because out of the 24 podcasts I dropped in on, 17 of them were utilizing Shure Microphones mostly the ubiquitous SM7B with a sprinkling of Shure USB mics in the mix. I'm tempted to purchase a SM7B myself so I can join the club of real podcasters. <laughs> the only other thing I have this week regarding Podcasting Incorporated is that the UK-based all-in-one podcast service, Alitu, A-L-I-T-U, has launched a beta tool available to help creators come up with a podcast within an hour. Wow! This from an article by Inside Podcasting. The tool is called Alitu Show Planner and claims to help you go from an idea to a launch in a minimal amount of time. The creator starts by answering a few questions and with the help of AI, They'll get detailed feedback and an action plan, which will include everything they'll need to make their idea into a podcast. It will give them ideas for the first five episodes, an auto-generated script for the trailer for the podcast, and access to a podcast name generator to help them come up with the perfect name. The service is completely free to boot. Where were these types of services when I was just starting out? Oh, that's right. AI... Hadn't made it to the big time yet.
Story time. This week I bring you the short prologue to my spy thriller novel I'm in the midst of writing. I've decided to change the name of the protagonist of the story from Harry to Herman Minkst, which was my great-grandfather's name. There's just too many Harrys out there within the literary characters of this type. So, sit back and hopefully enjoy this excerpt. Cade Jacobs was upbeat about the meeting he was heading to at this very moment. He'd been working the angle in order to set it up for months now, and if everything went as planned, and why wouldn't it, he reasoned, he'd be feted as a hero back at the shop. He was sure that all the rules he had broken to get to this point would be overlooked as the prize would be deemed well worth it. The prize he would deliver to his organization was a mole within the Central Intelligence Agency. Not a high-level mole at least not as high up as Cade wished, but it would be the first penetration of the CIA in decades for his organization. To recruit Mario Woods, New York-based CIA analyst, he had to play a little give-and-take. Mario was concerned about the word of his impending recruitment leaking from Cade's organization, so he requested all negotiations be strictly between the two of them, and more importantly, off the books. Kate decided that his concern was warranted, so he violated the rule of reporting all contacts with outside intel operatives. Mario also requested that this meeting be held at some storefront dive bar out on the island instead of their usual Manhattan meeting place. Cade felt a bit uncomfortable with this, him being born and bred in the city, but checked the place out before committing, and it was exactly what Mario said it was. Cade violated the second rule of not letting anyone know where he was going while on official business. Mr. Wood's last request was that Cade come alone, and when he agreed to this, he broke the third rule of never, ever going to a meeting completely unmonitored. But hey, those who dare win, or something like that. Pulling into the mostly empty parking lot of a dying strip mall where the bar, the weirdly named J2 Lounge, Cade wondered to himself that there was a J1 Lounge and where it was located. He quickly scanned the area looking for anything out of place like men just hanging around or vehicles, namely commercial vans parked nearby. Seeing none of those, which boosted his confidence, Cade parked his car backing into his space, which gave him a view of the front of the establishment. Turning off the vehicle, Cade settled in the driver's seat and waited and watched. And this concludes part one of the prologue. Part two will be next week. I know it went a little short because uh, I went over time. And I realize these are just rough drafts of something I'm currently writing. Well, the music is playing, and besides being upset about the money I just dropped for two iPhone Pro Maxes, I realize it's time for this episode of the OFNT podcast to fade into oblivion. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be greatly appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Hey, the iPhone 15 is available for pre-order, so get off my lawn. 
Stay skeptical. I'm out. I'll see you next week. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.